If you knew you were starting a business that would generate you $1 million per year, how much would you be willing to invest today? Travis Ferris is a real estate entrepreneur, sales coach, team leader, public speaker, and community builder. He's done the work with over $500 million in total sales. Now he's welcoming you to the table. But make sure you're ready. The coffee is for closers only. The mindset's the one thing that's going to keep you going. Coffee for Closers is powered by Collab Agents. Here's your host, Travis Ferris. All right, listeners, welcome to Coffee for Closers, fueled by Collab Agents, uh, where we're bringing in titans in the business industry, maybe real estate focus, maybe investment funds, uh, to bring and, and correlate as much value and experience that they have uh, to bring it to you guys. So today I have a special guest, uh, Andrew Biggs with Proterra Properties. Uh, he's actually a, was a friend of my wife years and years ago, and we, we met through here. Uh, super cool dude. I'm looking forward to becoming good friends with him, shooting guns, shooting bows and arrows, and having some fun. But kind of hopping right into it, um, Andrew Biggs basically runs a you know local small business family fund of investments, and and the focus here is literally in Colorado, which is you know probably one of the most top booming states in the country. Um, how he's kind of competing against Black, you know, Blackstone, these these billion dollar funds, these billion dollar real estate investment trusts. Um, Andrew literally is going out finding deals, putting you know, putting these things together that have you know guaranteed kind of cap rates, returns. Um, obviously, because when you're running one, run these types of funds, you have to get returns. You have to make money. You know, you can't be losing money and continue to be That's the idea dealing with that. That's the idea. So without further ado, Andrew, thanks for joining us, man. Quick introduction for yourself. Yeah, Trav, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, let's 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 just first off say guaranteed is a uh, is a is a strong <laughs> word. I'd like to I'd like to guarantee all my returns, right? Absolutely. Um, but no, yeah, you did, you did a pretty good job. We're we're small local local company in in Colorado Springs here, based out of and and do investments along the Front Range. So far north up to uh, to Fort Collins and and continue to look at opportunities south in the Pueblo range and, and even you know and even in the mountains looking at uh, at ranches and larger land plays right so kind mm-hmm. of looking at at all the pieces and parts of real estate uh, yeah like I said my company's Proterra properties our our uh, our motto is unlocking value in real estate so I'm looking at all things real estate. And and as you said, with Colorado being a, a huge market, that's a that's a curse and a blessing at, at the moment, right? So, hundred percent. If you would have been able to to have uh, have a billion in assets before the boom, man, you'd you'd be sitting sitting pretty, man. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's definitely a, a seller's market, which makes it makes it competitive, man, on on trying to get new deals and place money and. And achieve the the kind of returns that are expected out of a out of a, a non-public REIT, right? So my yep. my office is is placing private equity, and still looking to get and achieve double digit returns, depending on the asset class type that we're that we're looking at. Awesome, uh, yeah, blessing and curse. You said it perfectly. I, I specialize in what I call secondary markets, so I usually find a primary market like Honolulu. And then West Oahu is the secondary market, you know, Phoenix to Tucson, Denver to Springs. I love secondary markets and I always talk about it. 
But the one thing I will say with the blessing and the curse, because I think you nailed it on the head is, do you know how I, do you know how I gauge a booming city? It's traffic. When I'm in traffic, <laughs> I say, dude, I'm in traffic. I swear I'm in traffic, but these are, these people are the economy. They're boosting the economy. So it's definitely the blessing and curse. So, um, I mean, first of all, like I know you're, you're dealing with, you know, large sums of money to, to basically try to lock down, acquire, flip, do, do whatever you guys do. I, what's that like, first of all, when, when you're dealing with that type of money, what type of mindset do you have to have around it? And then are you, are you trying to find basically off market deals or even when you find a deal, do you actually, do you actually compete? Like they're like, Hey dude, you know, you're, you're sniffing around this, this investment opportunity, but we also got, you know, X, Y, Z, um, kind of poking around it as well. I mean, are you actually seeing that in the marketplace? You, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's competitive and with with as part of the the blessing and the curse is that especially with the local market of Colorado Springs right you're looking at at a, an unseizable amount of attention being brought here by large funds large groups it's it's starting to really gain the attention of 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 national brands and national companies coming in here and looking to place money be, because of the because of the market because of the lifestyle that people are, are searching for living here um you know it's 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 a it's an indicator to to watch um you know jobs job growth and 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 that side of things but lifestyle is a is a, it is a huge portion of what we've got and 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 that is just bringing people in droves, right? And and the big guys are watching that, and they understand that. So, when when little old me is trying to look at a you know a, a ten to fifty million dollar deal, it's it's no longer the the local guys and and you know a handful of guys that are going to be competing with that. It's it's now national attention, national brokers, national firms both representing buyers and now the sellers. So it just, it just adds a, a whole new, whole new uh, player to the game. Yeah, for sure. Which obviously, which also drives pricing up. Yeah. As with squeeze everything. the margins. Yep. Yep. For sure. Um, and again, I kind of, I'm going to kind of, I think pivot a little bit into the mindset. Cause it's like, you know, yep. I remember when I brought my first dog home, um, I was like, dude, I had to have that killer instinct, like pull the trigger. Um, you know, when you're talking about, you know, rocking 10, 10 to $50 million deals, like where's your mindset at where you're like, boom, pull the trigger. I'm, and I'm so confident in my numbers, my analytics, like where are you at when you are finding these deals and eventually like pulling the trigger on them? You know, by, by, by any means, you know, 10 years that I've been doing this isn't, isn't necessarily, necessarily a long time, but I, I, I spend day in and day out on online, on the assessor's page, on, you know, whatever subscription service I can get my hands on to, to look at current transactions, past transactions, and I live and breathe that stuff, right? So um, understanding all the pieces of the market, trying to understand every, every piece of, of property that is in with, within my criteria and watching when it comes for sale, calling doing the off market but mindset is one being prepared to be able to make a decision when that opportunity comes right and and that yep. comes through understanding the market and and two is there's risk in everything man and and I don't care if if you're at the at the lower end of of the workforce to you know being CEO CFO of of big big companies there's stress 
there's there's shit in all of it, you know? And and mm-hmm. and so you look at this and and it it may be intimidating to to look at dealing with with a couple extra zeros at the end of the numbers, but at the end of the day if if you want kind of understand that and 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 take a couple of bites of the elephant at a time, man, I, I think it, it helps digest and, and reduce the feeling of, of being intimidated by it. Because when I was first starting, looking at some of those big deals, you know, it's a make or break and, you know, on a single deal. So you, you start small, you work your way up, you have some successes, you have some failures, you learn, you learn where you went wrong or, you know, just really kind of learning as you go and, and not being intimidated and understanding there's risk and everything. For sure. I do have to, yeah, I definitely agree with that. In the, in the past couple years, I think it's really highlighted, uh, it's really changed the perspective of people because, you know, let's say I'll, I'll just throw some random stuff out, but if you're working for, you know, Walmart, you know what I mean? And you are a, an exec of Walmart, like 10 years ago, you'd be like, I am so safe and secure. And I think today, and especially the last couple of years, yeah, there's risk in everything. You know what I mean? If I was, if I was a, a an executive at, you know, Silicon Valley Bank, like a couple of years ago, you'd be like, man, I'm at I'm an exec of a bank. You can't get any more safe and secure as that. And then, you know, then we see these types of things happen to where what once was safe and secure actually is not that safe and secure, you yeah. know? And, and, and honestly, look at, look at it more or less from, from not being safe and secure, but the added value in, okay, if we're talking Walmart in, in baggers and, and people running, running the grocery lines and, and check, you know, checking you out right with, with COVID that, that was, those were the frontline workers all of a sudden. Right. And so it's, yep. it's this weird switch and, and the amount of stress that they, that those folks at that level faced, uh, you know, it's like it, it just really brought it to uh, to perspective with me that man, there there's risk, there's stress, there's there's value value in 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 everything. So why not shoot big? Why not why not you know look at bigger deals and 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 shoot for uh, shoot for the stars, right? Yeah, for sure. All right, man. Um, when you're kind of looking at stuff like. Uh what type of deals, like what, what goes through, what's the process look like when you're starting to analyze deals, you know, see them kind of come across your de- desk? Like, what are you looking for in the deal? Uh, you know, cap rates calculations, like what type of an- analysis are you running to, to see if it's going to be a, you know, pass the litmus test for you? Yeah, I, I think I've I've earned my uh, my spot as being a pretty difficult buyer among the brokerage community because I'm I'm thorough. I I have high requirements of uh, of 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 returns and 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 after my last comment, you know, I, I am fairly risk adverse when it comes to to placing my money and others' money. I I. I don't look at it as a as an OPM type of an investment. So when I'm when I'm looking at these deals and analyzing these deals, they have to make fundamental sense, and that's been pretty difficult uh, with with the amount of speculation and just the the, the inflation. People have been buying stuff at, at ridiculous pro forma cap rates that you know, unless you're making crazy assumptions for future rental rates or, or what have you, it's, it's hard to underwrite and it's hard to get to the return requirements that, that you, uh, that, that I have to make. Right. And especially when dealing with, 
REITs and other public financing where, where you know, they're trying to make 4%, 5% and, and that's a that's a good day for them. I'm, I'm trying yeah. to make double that, right? And I'm trying to trying to establish establish a, a, a strong portfolio that's going to be strong for years to come. So it's it's again, it's it's hitting the pavement. Work and relationships is probably the the number one core value that that we abide by here is is work and relationships. And and when those deals come around, they know what you're looking for, what your criteria is. And and are able to, to to place us with with those kind of investments. Cap rate cap rate is is uh, a, a hard thing to judge right now when you're when the market has settled down and in cap rates six five four right for stabilized assets that have stabilized rents, and now we're starting to see interest rates of, of loans in excess of that right so. What, what's going to shake out? Are, are people just going to add more equity and take out less loan and, and be okay with lower cap rates? Or are, are they going to be more dependent on loans? And so our cap rates going to have to go up. And, and, and that means values go down. So it's, uh, we're, we are in a interesting place right now with, with those two levers. There's many levers in the, in the world of real estate, but yeah, Interest rates and cap rates are are what we speak of every day, and man, it's it's going to be interesting to see what what shakes out. Hundred percent, yeah. It's a uh, interest rates is interesting, yeah. absolutely. Because I was actually we were having conversations, and and you, you see, you know, the cost of money just increased thirty percent, and then you factor in inflation. To where you're literally looking at about a fifty percent decrease in money to where if I was making 200K before, according to the economy, interest rates and all of that and the Fed, it's all, basically what we're experiencing today versus three years ago is 200K a year versus 100K a year. And the 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 interesting thing that we see on like the more the real estate specific side and not necessarily like the investment world mm-hmm. is that values didn't decrease. So typically when you have an increase of money, the cost of money by 30%, you should have a correlation of a decrease of value in a somewhat proportionate manner, but it didn't happen because the inventory is still tight, which there's still basically there's still a, a pool of people waiting to enter the market. So any decrease whatsoever gets gobbled up to where it holds the line, essentially. So, yeah, it's a super interesting time to say the least. Yeah, and you know it's uh, it's it's the same with investment grade stuff, right? Uh, but I think there's so much money in the market. There is a lot of people with dry powder, with cash, yeah, with with liquidity that they're they're they learn from 2008. They learn from from seeing the opportunity and the the wealth that was created out of that downturn, right? And so. Uh, it 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 goes to kind of what we're seeing as kind of some prolonged effects of of what a recession might be, right? What was quote yeah. unquote, right? And so I I it's it's hard to come out and and speak to any uh, any solid position or stance that that I feel like the market is in because it's uh, it there's so there's so much uncertainty in there right now. 
For sure. And, and you kind of said it like uh, relationships, re- which I always say RISO, rapport, inventory, showings, and offers. Yep. Rapport is number one. Um, and we'll get into kind of the creative because actually with relationships and rapport, you can kind of do some creative seller financing, all sorts of fun stuff. Yep. Uh, with the changing market and, and the interesting volatility that you're seeing is like, how are you staying ahead and like adapting to the changing market? Like how, how are you diversifying in, you know, more stable assets or, you know, kind of adapting to what we just talked about with, with the cost of money and the cap rates completely changing? What are you doing to stay ahead of that? So early on, we made it a, a, a more like a company policy, but more just a, an investment guideline that, you know, we, we try not to, we, we use leverage to, to boost returns, but the, the underlying asset has to be strong, right? And regardless of what, what it might look like on paper, what the income is bringing, you know, that, that, that asset has to be strong. From a fundamental location, you know, all, all of the things that 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 you learn at real estate one on one, right? Location, location, and and entry price, right? Yeah. And 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 the other part of that is debt. So we 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 put as little debt, or or make sure that we can service the debt that we do place on on our deals. And you know, if 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 we can go and place uh, place eighty percent loan to value on something. Most of the time, we're not doing that because we're doing all non-recourse loans. Okay, nothing we do is recourse or signed personally um, on on any of the financing that we do. So the the income has to drop dramatically in order for us not to service that debt, and we're not we're not you know held or or tied personally to the assets. We hold every single gotcha. asset in a single member. LLC. So all of them operate as their own entity, basically. And, uh, okay. and so really looking forward and, and feeling comfortable moving forward is, is really some of that strategic placement and, and strategic planning that we did early on where we're not, we're not feeling strapped, right? For sure. Moving forward and dealing with, with this, this crazy market, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's accepting that you're not looking at eight nines and 10 caps and going to be getting double digit returns off the bat, right? It's, it's a longer term play, longer term view at it. And, and I'm lucky to be in, in an organization that's, that's looking that far ahead and, and placing money and buying assets that we're going to be holding 10 plus years uh, and being able to build the value over that kind of time. For sure. God, I, I can't remember the book I read cause you just said it. Um, but he was basically saying, and I think you said it, looking at long term um, in terms of, you know, I think a lot of people look at one and two years. That's very normal. But when you're looking at 10 years and I think it was it was one of the airlines that was saying something and they were looking at 30 years. They were literally saying yeah. 30 years is what we're looking at. And how does that change the decisions you make and how you function? Um, and I, I think you guys sounds like you're kind of doing that, too. You're looking at 10 years plus. Yeah. Um, I, I could dive into it. I, I tax structure, but we're not going to do that today on, you know, oh, holding see, companies now, and LLCs. Now you're above <laughs> my, my grade, pay grade, buddy. <laughs> uh, I've been diving into that stuff for my own business. Um, so it's not like I love it. I definitely don't love it, but yeah, it sounds like it could get fun. So, yeah. Um, so, I guess. Yeah. Let me, yeah, go ahead. So you, you talked a little bit on, on 
kind of diversifying and 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 how we're we're staying valid in in the marketplace, right? With with the competitiveness yep. and 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 diversification is is absolutely probably the top of that, but also just being nimble and being able to to change course and, and not be focused on on one asset class. You know, I got started uh, with land development and just making the most out of out of the 2008 stuff by the time I got into the market and, and had my my capital stack ready to go and, and start investing it was circa 2012 2013 so a majority of the of the pieces and parts that were left over from uh, from 2008 and the crash there were were pretty hairy deals that that everybody started to push off be it, Multifamily, attached product, things, things of that nature. That that in Colorado, based on based on the laws here, were kind of no limits, right? So off limits, and and so we started taking that, building a team around, getting getting those kind of projects done, and and uh, and insulated as much as we could against uh, lit- construction litigation laws of of Colorado. So that was kind of my entry into into trying to. Beat some people to the bunch, make myself valid in a market that that is difficult uh, to enter into, and 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 beyond that, then looking at longer term holds with uh, with industrial plays, uh, with retail and 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 service centers and things things of that nature that are that are usually you get the bigger guys that you know, they only do industrial or they only do retail development or they only do multifamily. You know, we, we've been able to, to be flexible and, and place money basically in, in each of those sectors uh, successfully. Awesome. Yeah. And, and we should actually should have done this at the very beginning. Uh, you, I, you sent me your portfolio. I mean, if you go on your website and look at it, you can kind of see your portfolio. I mean, what type of assets are you, are you managing currently? I, I, it was quite the extensive list when I looked at it. Yeah. So overall, like like I said, it's it's we we are. Uh, I operate in a, in, a, in a niche that I like to explain as being too small for the bigs, but too big for the smalls, right? So we operate in that niche that is is under the uh, the radar of the of the big REIT guys right in a lot of yep. spaces but a little bit a little bit out of touch with uh and out of reach with the more mom and pops so to speak right and so yep. that's that's kind of my playground and I'll, I'll look at a raw piece of dirt and i'll go entitle it and and build a strip center from from ground up and and i have the team to be able to do that uh and so that's that's a place that that we are doing currently so we've got land that we're entitling land that we are developing into single family residential lots, both more track home, uh, more standard lot and custom lot stuff. Um, you know, have a, have a portfolio and a history of, you know, putting a couple thousand lots on the ground up in Commerce City and working with builders and doing, doing interesting joint venture structures there to some multifamily and, uh, you know, retail industrial. So uh, I, I've got one office building. I don't necessarily like office. So that's that's a space I'm still hesitant to get into, but but think it may come back around uh, against what, what some of the experts may say. So yeah, really kind of dabble, dabble in, uh, in a little bit of everything. For sure. I, you're, you're the expert here. I think 
that office, I think you're going to see a push of creative office space. And then I also see, think that you're going to see a, a push in commercial conversion to residential mm-hmm. so as, as far as converting some of these big ass buildings that, that you see in places yep. and how you can convert that to a residential building. But I love office and I specifically love creative office space to where I think if you do it right, um, I think there will be some some big, big moves kind of made in that. Not the WeWork. I think WeWork went not dialed in and they went way too big, way too fast. But if you almost niche down in that sector, mm-hmm. I think there would be some cool, cool, interesting plays to be made in the future there. So um, with, with that, I mean, what trends, like we, we're kind of hopping on a lot of stuff. What trends are you st- seeing out there, like pushing through? What do you like? What don't you like? And how are you kind of staying either with or ahead, ahead of those trends? Uh, industrial is a trend. Uh, a, a portion of the market that I'm not familiar with and I've not been able to break into is more high cube distribution. You know, your, your 200, 300, 400,000 square foot plus, you know, big, big, large warehouse distribution, you know, high clear stuff. That's, that's uh, you know, those prologist type of guys, those those kind of investors, you know, they've, they've done extremely well. And, and especially in these emerging markets, the, that has been a, a shortcoming of, of inventory. And those guys, man, they saw it and, and are doing extremely well. What I am, what I am finding is smaller bay, you know, little bit of office, mostly warehouse, you know, is, is on fire. It is, uh, it is a, a, a great market to be in. I wish I would have bought uh, a lot more of it five, six years ago. Uh, it's starting to get the attention and, and you know, to, to the credit of the growing market, but also to the credit of, of just different dynamics of commerce, right? Where you have more online commerce and, and people needing distribution, people needing places to, to assemble and ship and whatever they need to do at a, at a small business level. Right. So, yeah. and they're needing those, those small office warehouse type of users. And it's, it's, it's a, it's a great market right now to, to be in both as a, as an investor, as a landlord. Uh, and, uh, and I just like the space a lot. For sure. They're cool. They're funky. Absolutely. That's, I was just kind of telling you the one that's up the street. Um, I would love, I would love to have one to be able to break it up into shared space. Um, I actually want to start doing some, you know, production and distribution of like some apparel and supplement stuff to where I'm like, dude, I want my office with my warehouse. Um, and yeah, I think they're, I think those are, yeah, those are definitely kind of trending and, and emerging into a cool space. As far as those those giant, I mean, the, the giant distribution centers, I mean, a normal commercial building is what, a couple million? Like, what is the investment on, you know, an Amazon distribution center? Like, what's the cost, roughly, you think, on those? Yeah, and that's, and that's where, you know, I just got done building. It, it's not concrete tilt-up. It's, it's straight-up metal, kind of down-and-dirty industrial. And, uh, and, you know, we're... We're pushing 130, not including the land, 130 bucks a square foot. I think you know you get you get some volume and and uh, and and price decreases by by building such large footprints there. Um, but even still, you know, you're if you're if you're sub 100 bucks a square foot on on that stuff, it just kind of shows you where you need to be at 
rental rate for square feet. And those are, those are huge buildings, right? Yeah. And so, you know, by 24,000 square foot, I just built, like I said, around that 130 bucks, you know, we're, we're pushing having to make, you know, $12 rents, $13 rents in order to make those work. Yep. For sure. All right. Well, as we kind of push forward, um, in your world is like, again, we're seeing a bunch of like tech changes, AI changes. Um, are you seeing this stuff in your world? Is it something that's going to actually make an impact in, in what you're doing and like how, how, how are you utilizing it? How are you kind of watching it and observing it? And what do you think it's going to do in your space? Yeah, that's uh, it's, it's an interesting, most of, most of my curiosity is whether or not I'm, I'm being duped by some of it already right <laughs> just with, for with sure. some of the some of the capabilities of of cold calling and, and 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 deal sourcing right that's where i see some of the biggest value for me and and if i were to employ that is is some of that deal sourcing and 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 seeking out the properties that i i i want to see right and have it go through and uh and and love to have every morning a, a list of properties that are, are targeted and have somebody have already called them and <laughs> figured out what kind of IRR that, you know, this kind of percent of a, or this kind of investment in that deal makes or what, whatever. I think there's, I think there's a, a, a crazy opportunity and, and probably beyond what, what I'm able to, to comprehend of, of what's possible. It's uh, it, it could possibly really change the game. Yeah. Have you, have you like dabbled in like the, the chat GPT and all that stuff? Have you actually looked at it and played with it? No, I'm too damn scared, man. I did like put my, <laughs> put my information in there, you know, I'm a, I'm a skeptic, but uh, <laughs> probably to, to the fault of my own, I, I, um, <laughs> I'm a little bit, a little bit scared of the stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think they already have all of our information. When you, when you go to chi- when you go to China, dude, I went to China and literally you go to the bathroom and and I just saw it like someone else posted it and like when when we went to I think we went to Shanghai, you go to the public restroom and there's a camera and you have to like show your face yeah. and it scans your face and then it gives you some toilet paper. Yeah, it's like you know what I mean? it's nuts, bro. Yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll have to I'll have to get over those ways at some point, but um, no, I I. I think there's going to be some opportunity and I, I think it's almost there, but, uh, I, I still have a, a lot to learn in that space for sure. hundred percent. Um, we've dealt with, and again, we mentioned it earlier on as far as like the creative, the seller financing, like subject to, so we've actually have sold some of our listings subject to, um, in that space, like the creative, creative financing seller space. Have you guys been dabbling with that? Is that something you like? Uh, or is it just way too big of a liability for what you guys are doing? Yeah, uh, it depends, right? Everything's everything's deal specific. Everything is is who who you're you're doing the deals with, right? So, yep. You know, explain to me a little bit more more on that on on the on on the creative financing. Are you saying from from the from if I'm trying to sell and so kind of like seller carry seller carry type stuff yeah. um i think one of them and actually you you just said it because that's when we when we did, did the subject to they said that same thing they actually said it's who mm-hmm. who who is who are we doing the deal with because yep. they're like if we don't like or we don't trust the other we won't do the deal um and again as because as a fiduciary to represent my client I, i'm like 
all right, fiduciary is to take care of you in the highest regards, get you get you to the soul, the home sold at the highest possible price, and make sure that I'm I'm helping to limit liability as much as possible. Yep. But first and foremost is to get it sold. And so subject to the clients, they had personal issues, they wanted to move on. Um, <clears throat> and this sub- subject subject to deal just kind of came there like, hey, we like it. Yep. That they're able to take their money out, move. But the crazy thing, and this is where liability as, as a broker, I'm like, okay, just there's liability here because the note remains in the client's name mm-hmm. for one, two, three, four, five years, whenever till they sell a refi. But the subject to person comes over and takes essentially takes the note over, mm-hmm. but keeps it in the name of the client and then says, here's your equity goodbye. Yep. And so just that world, the seller carry, all that stuff. Yeah, so in, in my world, we, we deal quite often with assumable loans. And uh, especially right now, I've got a few deals I'm looking at to, to buy specifically because they're locked in at 4.5% for the next three years, right? Where, where if I'm going to go place debt on that on that same exact deal, it's going to cost me 6, 6.5%. Yeah, generalities here. But nonetheless, it's, uh, it's, it's a pretty common place, at least in the commercial to 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 consider loans or you know it, it 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 it's pretty commonplace to to play that game and I think you're seeing mm-hmm. it now where guys have have trickled that down to mortgages home mortgages and looking looking at that and just like any kind of mortgage lender is going to go through and do the underwriting on on the individual lender it, I think it's the responsibility for sure of of that of that person who's going to be staying on the note to understand who's who's coming in line. As far as yeah. when I'm looking to sell a property, you know, when when I'm doing land development, I'm selling lots to to builders. There's there's a little bit more structure involved there, but uh, and and market depending, the market kind of depends and, and and dictates. If I'm able to sell these lots up front, how I package lots, if I'm selling, you know, in bulk at, at, at a takedown price or if they're able to come up front and, and take them all out up front. And, you know, again, that's that's all deal specific and, and, and who I like to work with. Again, relationships. Right. It's like I know these guys perform. I they, they do a, a great product. They build a great house. And uh, and they pay their bills, and not only do they pay my bills, they pay their trades. They have a uh, a, a history of performing on all levels of their business, and and that's something I do homework and due diligence on on all of them before before I commit to holding a you know million and a half, two million dollar lot loan for them and, and let them pay it down. For sure, cool. Got that there. Um, all right, as we kind of. St- start to wrap up a couple more questions. So if someone wanted to get into the investment world, like, Hey, I'm a invest, I'm an investor or want to get into the investor, or I have, have investors that, you know, I'm going to take over and, and basically go and, and kind of headhunt properties and stuff like that. What, what would be a, a major suggestion for that person looking to get into kind of your sort of world? <laughs> uh, it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like in, in high school, you you can do you can do well all year, and you know maintain a maintain a steady average, C average by by just by just applying yourself. And it takes one or two Fs to really screw you up and and uh, and make you fail a course. It I liken that to to real estate, man. And so you gotta you gotta make sure you, especially if you're just starting, 
you got to be patient. Make sure you adhere to the fundamentals and and don't get anxious just to, to do a deal. You got to make sure it's the right deal and you got to make sure that the fundamentals are there to 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 have it operate, to cash flow, to service debt and and understand the capital expenditures outside of all that 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 are coming your way, be it a, a you know, broken hot water heater, HVAC, roof, you name it, right? And so commissions pay all you you brokers and, and realtors out there. Woo. Make sure you make sure you show them some love. And so all those are are outside of what you think of when you say, all right, I'm gonna go buy this million million and a half dollar building. There's there's a lot of stuff that can that can come along and, and be a surprise. So understand it. Don't get anxious and make sure you know your your first investments are solid. For sure. Um couple good points there. And it's uh in business, I've seen so many people open up businesses and they kind of have this like head in the sand approach where I'm like, dude, you need to know your numbers. You need to know this, study, analyze. Uh, you can't just hope for the best and you know think that things are going to work out. Uh, do you kind of see that or do those people just get washed out of the market so quick that it's... You know, it's uh, with with real estate and especially especially the, the last few years, There, it was pretty damn forgiving market, right? Um, yeah. you could have, you could have bought something and had it be a dog and, and all of a sudden, you know, values went up 35, 40% and all it, 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 it made a lot of, a lot of people with suspect investments look really smart. And, yes. and I, I all, I look and reflect on my own stuff and <laughs> try to make sure which side of the aisle I'm on there, whether <laughs> I was, I was lucky and was able to, to, to benefit from that, but you know my, my basis of, of investments was strong to begin with. So, for sure, look back and outperform the market itself because yeah, I think there was a lot of investors made in the past couple of years, and we'll see where they end up in. We'll see where they end up next year or the year after. Yep. So, and it's the same kind of mentality a lot of times to 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 make millions of dollars in real estate as it takes to lose, right? It's a, it's, yep. it's, it's a, it's a risky business. Uh, and so you, you have some firecrackers out here, man, that are willing to lay it on the line and they, I've seen it work a lot of times and I've seen it not work a lot of times. So it's a, it's a, it's a delicate walk on, on that line of being, being rational and irrational enough to, to bite on deals. For sure. And actually, it, it kind of reminds me, I, I, did, I did hardcore day trading for like a year <laughs> and I pretty much I pretty much broke even actually, which is which is phenomenal. And I should have stayed in it because I was getting ready to hit the point where you like make the turn, they say, yeah. and actually start making money. Um, besides that, it you think you're getting into day trading where you're trading money. You're actually getting into a deep dive of life lessons and I think there are things that, you know, correlate in business and probably what you do, like FOMO, you know, fear of missing out, FOMO, yep. firecrackers, pe- irrational, rational, because not getting in the deal. Because I look back at it and it's like, dude, if I would have just not gotten in on the stupid deals, I would have made a ton of money. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? You, so You have to play the game in order to win, no doubt. But there's 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 levels to which you can play and 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 how much risk you can stomach for sure. And everybody's interpersonal and personal 
relationships and relationships with themselves all gets put on the table when you know you're you're negotiating big deals or trying to negotiate out of a bad deal for sure. Yep, hundred percent. So awesome, man. All right, last thing: if you were to leave listeners with one piece of advice, one thing, what would that one thing be? Uh, it's it it is play the game. It's get out there, play the game. Be smart about it, but uh, there's there's ways to raise capital. There's ways to get in into the market. Uh, you know, especially on on your end of the world with home ownership and and the tax benefits of of having your primary. You know, that's that's how I mostly got started and in, in the industry and understanding how to read markets is is starting at that residential level understanding that I could go in and move and fix up a house, live there for two years, sell it, not pay any tax, right? And and move that on. And and 1031. There's there's so much to to learn and 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 cover your butt in, in real estate. And it's a it's a strong place to be. So play the game. Get yeah. For sure. Miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take. And yeah, it's uh I always say that it's not it's not timing the market, whether it's stocks or, or homes, it's time in the market. So play the game, get in, be smart, don't be a dummy, and go from there. Yep. So awesome, Andrew. Appreciate it, man. Well, thank you so much. Andrew Biggs with Proterra Properties. Uh, I hope he dropped some knowledge. We'll have some further conversations in the future. A uh, lot of big stuff, man. Thanks for having me, man. enjoyed this episode of coffee for closers subscribe to the show anywhere you find podcasts and follow collab agents on social at collab agents